This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome back. I'm Martin Strong. Coming up, we'll find out what the Vancouver Symphony Orchestra is up to, including what they have planned for Christmas. But first, it's the consumer news from the past week. The B.C. government wants to make sure Uber drivers and those who work in the new gig economy get a fair deal. The government is introducing new protections for ride-hailing and food delivery app workers, which will include a minimum wage, compensation for any expenses they have doing the job, as well as other standards. Labor Minister Harry Baines said in a news release this week that gig workers value flexibility but they deserve to be treated fairly. A new law aims to guarantee a minimum hourly wage of 20 bucks and 10 cents an hour, which is nearly $4 higher than the current minimum wage. A survey of seniors in BC care homes has found that 40% don't want to be there, and 60% of new residents would prefer to be in their own homes if they had enough support. The study by BC's senior advocate Isabel McKenzie recommends that the province increase staffing at care homes and improve the food. As well, she'd like to boost access to community services so some seniors don't have to go into care at all. More than half of the people living in the care homes who took part in the survey said they didn't get to bathe as often as they want, and more than a third reported being unable to get reliable help to eat. The study interviewed thousands of residents at almost 300 care homes in B.C. The big grocery chains seem to be doing pretty well profit-wise. Two of the biggest, Loblaw and Metro, say their sales and profits were up in the last quarter. Loblaw is reporting a $621 million profit in the third quarter, up 5% from a year ago. Metro is reporting a fourth quarter profit of over $222 million, up from close to $169 million in the same quarter last year as its sales rose 14%. And for Metro, those increased profits came despite a five-week strike at 27 of its stores in the Toronto area. A decision by the federal court could have an effect on the government's ban of six single-use plastic items. That includes straws, grocery bags, and takeout containers. The court has thrown out a cabinet order that listed plastic manufactured items as toxic under the Canadian Environmental Protection Act. The court ruled it's not reasonable to say that all plastic manufactured items are harmful because the category is just too broad. Meantime, PepsiCo is being sued by the Attorney General of New York for plastic pollution. Letitia James says the soda and snack food giant, Pepsi, is polluting the environment and endangering public health after its single-use plastics were found all along the Buffalo River. According to a 2022 survey by her office, of the more than 1,900 pieces of plastic waste found along the river that had an identifiable brand, 17% was produced by Pepsi. And over in Sweden, prosecutors say a fatal roller coaster accident last June happened because a support arm broke, caused the wheels of the cart to fall off. Three people fell out, and a woman died when a car on the Jetline roller coaster derailed 
and plunged to the ground at Sweden's oldest amusement park. Nine others were injured. The coaster has a height of 30 meters and a top speed of 90 kilometers per hour. I'm Martin Strong, and coming up next on Vancouver Consumer, we're finding, or we're, we're now into the 105th season of the Vancouver Symphony Orchestra, and we'll find out what's happening, especially uh, all the Christmas stuff that's going on at the VSO. They've planned a lot of Christmas programming uh, at the VSO, and we'll find out all about it when Vancouver Consumer continues right after this. This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome back. I'm Martin Strong, and the Vancouver Symphony Orchestra is well into its 105th season, which started a couple of months ago with a great performance by Yo-Yo Ma. And then, of course, they also kicked it off with a, a rousing version of Mahler's Sixth Symphony for the hardcore VSO fans. And now it's a really interesting time. They've got lots of performances this month, including a tribute to Louis Armstrong tonight. And then there's all the Christmas stuff coming up, all the classics, plus things like uh, Home Alone and Elf in concert. Basically something for everybody at the VSO. Their website is vancouversymphony.ca. And to tell us about what's coming up uh, at the Vancouver Symphony Orchestra is the president of the VSO and the VSO School of Music, our friend Angela Elster. Hi, Angela. How are you? I am terrific. Hello, Martin, and hello, all the CKNW listeners. Great to be back on your show. Yeah, and this is such a great time because we're just on the on the cusp of the Christmas season and all the stuff that's coming up. Uh, but we can't forget November because you've got some really interesting stuff. So, so let's talk about what's happening this weekend at the Orpheum with the VSO. Absolutely, absolutely. So we've got uh, last night we opened our uh, tribute concert to the great Louis Armstrong, as you just mentioned, with sparkling jazz trumpeter Byron Stripling and singer Carmen Bradford. So the show is called Louis Armstrong and Friends, and it features music from the great um, American song book. So you'd be familiar with On the Sunny Side of the Street, Ain't Misbehavin', Pennies from Heaven, and so on. And there's another performance left tonight, Saturday, November 18th. So we hope to see fans at the Orpheum. And as you say, tickets are available at VancouverSymphony.ca or even at the door. It's a large venue, the beautiful Orpheum, and there are always a few seats the night of the concert. Yeah. And that, then that, oh. next, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say that should be such a great show because you talk about, you know, like the great American songbook, all those songs are so recognizable. And also I think Louis Armstrong, uh, I don't know if he, you know, as, as time goes on, he gets enough credit as being one of the most important uh, figures in all of American music, I think. Absolutely. Absolutely. And as you say, you know, when these songs are so deeply embedded in our minds, I mean, we, Probably, you know, the audience, if it were a sing-along, everyone would know the words of the song and sing along. It's so deeply embedded in our culture. And uh, yes, I think Louis Armstrong is a real hero. Yeah, that's cool. And I interrupted you. You were going to talk about what's coming up. 
as well. Yeah, I was going to talk about more uh, November specialties. So next week, um, our amazing music director, Otto Tausk, leads two concerts. And the first one is um, Tausk meets Stephen Isserlis. Stephen Isserlis is a, a, a world-renowned cellist. And you mentioned earlier, Martin, that we began our season, we kicked off our season with the great Yo-Yo Ma. And, you know, Stephen Esterlis, in my view, is at that level of cellist. He's not Yo-Yo Ma, but if you love cello and you love that richness, that deep richness of, of cello, please consider this concert uh, where Stephen Esterlis is interpreting Elgar's Cello Concerto. And then the rest of the concert also features Bruckner's Symphony Number no. 7. And that, to me, is just filled with lush romanticism. Just really, all that whole concert is deep velvet. <laughs> I love that deep velvet because I was reading about uh, Stephen Isserlis and uh, like he really is considered one of the greatest classical musicians in the world right now. In the and, world, yeah. Yeah, and it's amazing. And apparently he uses uh, gut strings. He's one of the few uh, uh, cellists who still uses the gut strings, which are a natural thing as opposed to... Mm -hmm. um, uh, the the synthetic one. So yeah, no, it sounds like it'd be very uh, velvety smooth at the Orpheum. Exactly, those gut strings have that real depth, you know. Uh, so that that concert to me is all about richness and depth of color and beautiful phrasing. And you know, we've been so fortunate uh, to have recruited Otto Tausk as our music director. He's now in his fifth year here in Vancouver. He loves this city, and more importantly, he loves the Vancouver Symphony Orchestra, and the, the sound of the orchestra is really aligned with this richness and depth that we're talking about right now. Yeah. yeah. And the Orpheum is such a beautiful place, uh, and you've got something coming up on December 1st, but it's not just an Orpheum. On the 3rd uh, of December, it's in Surrey, too. It's, it's Ravel. The composer mm -hmm. Ravel, which uh, which a lot of people uh, may may not know, they know it, but they do know Ravel's Bolero, right? <laughs> they know Ravel's Bolero because of Ten. <laughs> yeah, the movie Ten. The movie Ten, right? Yeah, and Bo Derek. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. So that is. Um, sorry. Oh, I was reading about because uh, I wanted to to look up uh, Bolero, uh, Bolero, and where it's been in movies because I know it was in the movie Ten, and it was such a big part yeah. of that. And I looked up what other movies it was in, and uh, Bolero has been in a million movies. It was even in an episode of The Three Stooges. Just, just for the record, I didn't know that. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, and Frank Zappa, when uh, used to do a reggae version of. Ravel's Bolero yes. on tour yes. in the eighties. So, so there you go. <laughs> yes, it's well known and beloved for sure. And speaking of movies, the conductor, the maestra for uh, the Ravel concert on December first at the Orpheum and December third at the Bell Center, is four-time Grammy Award-winning American conductor Joanne Folletta. So mm -hmm. it's really you know that that edge of movie and Ravel. You know, that's a great yeah. combination. Yeah, so that's and December 1st and 3rd. 
Yeah, go ahead. Oh, it's December 1st and the 3rd in Surrey and December 1st in the Orpheum, but continue, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And I wanted to make sure we feature our local singer, Susan Plott, who is also world-renowned, a mezzo-soprano. She's singing in that concert. And Susan um, will also be providing a master class as part of a VSO School of Music's International Master Teacher Program on the evening of November 30th. Uh, from 5 o'clock to 7 o'clock, and that's open to the public in Pyatt Hall at the VSO School of Music. She's an, a wonderful singer and also a great facilitator. These master classes are so unique because you get to get up close and personal with all these guest artists, um, and that's always fantastic. Yeah, that's very, very cool. We're talking to Angela Elster. She's the CEO and president of the Vancouver Symphony Orchestra and the VSO School of Music. And you can go to vancouversymphony.ca or you can download the new VSO app. It works with Apple and Android devices. And you mentioned Pyatt Hall. That's an interesting venue, and I'm starting to see more and more events there. I know the the Vancouver Film Festival, at their theater, they did a thing where they showed a film and then everybody went to the Pyatt Hall to watch uh, a concert. So that's kind of an interesting right. venue. That's a great little hall. It's one of the best-kept secrets, I think, in Vancouver, uh, seats about 130 people. Um, it's it's just beautiful, Alan and Gwendolyn Pyatt Hall. And it's also a recording studio. Cool. So, so, yeah. so interesting. All the stuff that's going on at the Vancouver Symphony Orchestra. And let's get to the uh, holiday concerts because it's, uh, it's almost December. It's getting close anyway. I, a lot of people don't want to hear that yet. <laughs> they don't want to hear that it's Christmas. <laughs> but it's a good time to think about it now because you can get tickets for all sorts of stuff. So let's talk about the holiday concerts that are coming up at the VSO. Thanks, Martin. It's so important to think about this festive season. What would a festive season, just imagine for a moment, what would a festive season be without music? For me, that's unimaginable. So we kick off our festive season, December 6th to 16th, with our traditional Christmas concerts. And this is a beloved tradition in Vancouver and the Lower Mainland, not only uh, here, but at the Orpheum, Michael J. Fox Theatre, South Delta Baptist Church, Centennial Theatre, and the Bell Performing Arts Centre in Surrey. And for those of you who have attended before, we are again featuring our beloved Christopher Gaze, telling festive stories, and then the VSO plays festive music alongside guest soloists. It's just a warm time, and um, it's wonderful to have that kind of a tradition. Yeah, it's so great, and it's something you could bring the kids to, all sorts of things. Yeah. 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 So, and often featuring uh, soloists of the VSO School of Music. So again, that that alignment that we have here in Vancouver, which is so powerful that there's a school and a symphony orchestra, a world-class symphony orchestra and a school of music that really supporting the next generation of music lovers and musicians is a really good match. We're really lucky here, fortunate in Vancouver to have that alignment. And then um, we've got Vivaldi. Vivaldi's Four Seasons is another festive special and I think something that really many families have as a holiday tradition and and uh, that's December 9th and 10th yes December 9th and 10th 
um, and that'll be performed at the beautiful Chan Center at UBC. Yeah, yeah that will sound. That yeah. will sound great. That will sound great. And yeah. when you think of when you hear uh, Vivaldi's Four Seasons, you automatically feel like you're in a sled, don't you think? Exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and that's December 9th and 10th at the Chan Center for the Performing Arts. That's out at UBC, uh, which is just a beautiful, beautiful venue, beautiful location. And uh, it's all part of the holiday concerts that are happening. And uh, in the minute or so before we have to break, uh, let's talk about the, uh, the, the Home Alone concert. <laughs> I, I think a lot of kids would love that. And I guess a lot of people who were kids when that movie came out. Yeah, Home Alone, December 13th and 14th at the Orpheum, and then December 17th is The Snowman. That's, you know, these are really family shows, and it's so much fun to see a full film above the heads of the musicians and then the musicians playing live. So it's very exciting. And Home Alone, well, you can't beat Home Alone in concert, right? Yeah, no, that's, it's just like I say, you hear that, that classical music and you immediately feel like you're, you're in a snowy field or you're in Central Park on a sled and it's snowing and uh, it's Christmas. Uh, we're talking to Angela Elster, the CEO and president of the VSO and the VSO School of Music. You can go to their website, vancouversymphony.ca, or you can uh, download their app, the VSO app. It works with Apple and Android devices, and there are all sorts of uh, all sorts of offers and specials, and and uh, you can bundle up concerts. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about all the opportunities that you have to, you know, to to start a tradition. Maybe you don't have a tradition. Maybe you already do, but maybe you don't. But it, maybe it's time to start a tradition where every Christmas you go see the symphony and you see some sort of Christmas program. And when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about that and uh, all the things that are available uh, to you at the Vancouver Symphony Orchestra. And we'll have more with Angela Elster, the president and CEO of the VSO, when we return on Vancouver Consumer right after this. This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome back. It's Vancouver Consumer. I'm Martin Strong, and uh, my guest is our friend Angela Elster, the CEO and president of the Vancouver Symphony Orchestra and the VSO School of Music. You can go to Vancouver Symphony. .ca, uh, and you can also download the VSO app. How, you know, how impressive is that to, you know, you could brag about your symphony orchestra app on your phone. It works with Apple and Android devices. And uh, Angela, we've been talking about the Christmas program because this is, you know, this is the time when, when I think the VSO really shines just before Christmas. Uh, and, and I want to sort of reiterate all the shows that are coming up, but also I want to, talk about uh, the Orpheum Theater. And I've, I've been going to the Orpheum Theater for pretty much my entire life. And it's been in Vancouver for, I don't know how many years, but many, many years. How important is the Orpheum Theater to the Vancouver Symphony Orchestra? The Orpheum Theater is known as, as, as the home of the Vancouver Symphony Orchestra. And we go back a long, long way. The Orpheum is celebrating its 97th birthday this year and of course the vancouver symphony orchestra is 105 years old and for much of that time we've been partnered 
um, last Friday, the Woolitzer organ emerged from the belly of the of the stage, and and we had a beautiful concert of of Michael Dirk playing the organ for a sad song um, piece, and it, it, it was remarkable. It's such a beautiful building. It's just remarkable, and we're so pleased and proud to have a home such as the Orpheum with so much history and so much beauty. Yeah, it's such it, it's a beautiful venue. It also is acoustically lovely as well. Just sounds great. And you can go tonight. You can go see the Louis Armstrong tribute. Uh, and there are a few tickets available for that. Uh, you can go to vancouversymphony.ca and uh, that should be a great show tonight. But we've been talking about the uh, the the holiday program coming up. So let, let's go through it again. Um, you've got, I mean, the, the traditional Christmas concerts, uh, with, uh, host Christopher Gaze are, are a big favorite. They go from December 6th to 16th and then Vivaldi's four seasons, December 9th and 10th, which is, uh, you know, a huge part of Christmas and music and, uh, home alone in concert. So people actually can see the film and hear the music played live. Right. Yeah, the music is, you know, by the iconic composer, John Williams. Uh, it, it, and it's just, we love playing films where the music was written by John Williams. It's, it's such great music. Yeah. And I guess that sells out pretty quick, too. Very, very, yes. Yeah. And, uh, and then also The Snowman. Tell me about The Snowman, December 17th. Snowman uh, is is a, a family show, and it's a film, but it's more like an animation. It is an animation, and again, the screen is above the the musicians, and you hear the musicians performing. We also have a snow queen. We have some live special guests, a snow queen, Jillian Hunter Gibbs. We have a child singer and some dancers. It's just a really delightful story. Mm-hmm. And a about great a snowman. About a snowman. And a, and a great thing to bring uh, some children to because it's at 1 p.m. and 3 p.m. December 17th. So I guess this would be just perfect for kids, right? Absolutely. And we always have many activities in the Orpheum lobby for these concerts for the children. Yeah. So go to Vancouver Symphony dot ca and find out about that um and also uh for the first time uh this year it's elf in concert yeah this is a a new one for us um and tickets are selling very quickly for december 21st and 22nd and of course elf is such a delightful movie and once again you see the movie you see the film with the vancouver symphony orchestra playing live playing the score live on stage yeah, and that movie, if you don't know, was filmed in Vancouver, so so it's kind of mm-hmm. special, I guess. <laughs> and that's December twenty first and twenty second, so just a few days before Christmas. So what a what a great thing! Um, and there's if you go to VancouverSymphony.ca, uh, there's lots of offers uh, where you can sort of bundle up tickets and things, and some some great opportunities for people to get tickets, right? Yes, well, you know, it is the time of gifting, and uh, so we've put together some really special packages uh, for for our public. Um, there's so many concerts to enjoy, and so you can bundle up and save and enjoy 10% off when you buy two concerts, 15% off 
when you purchase three concerts and 20% off when you purchase four concerts. That's a pretty big savings. And, you know, I'm finding more and more that people don't want stuff for gifts. And so the gift of music is, is really something worth considering. Yeah, I think that's a, a great thought. Something that uh, will leave no plastic behind or anything like that. And it's a really, really thoughtful, thoughtful gift. I guess uh, gift cards are always very popular, right? Yes, and we do have those. And, you know, my personal view right now, and, you know, I don't want to be uh, depressed at this time of year, but there's so much sadness in the world right now. And, Music does elevate the spirit. Uh, Something that feels really core to our mission and certainly my personal mission and the mission of the VSO is let's bring people together. And for that moment in time, elevate your spirit. Don't think about everything that's going on in the world. Let's just be together and enjoy what music brings us. Yeah, that sounds great. I love that. VancouverSymphony.ca is where to go. Um, and you can pick up uh, a, a, a trio pass. Uh, you can get three concerts for just three yeah. concerts for 99 bucks. Yep. That's that's a gift right there. That That is a good chance for people to, um, you know, like get their shopping done really quickly. Right online. <laughs> I like how you when when you say it, it sounds so poetic. You talk about music and all that stuff and what it does, and all I'm cared all I care about is my shopping. <laughs> well, I think they go hand in hand. And you know, we've talked a lot about what's happening in November and December, but people who want to purchase the gift of music can also think about what's ahead. And we're seeing a lot of demand right now, and I'm sure you would recognize this. We're having an ABBA tribute. Um, wow. in May and that would be a great gift and um, we've got more movies we've talked about the Christmas movies and the and the festive movies but we've got Casino Royale coming up and Disney in concert The Sound of Magic Indiana Joan Raiders of the Lost Ark and Black Panther all that's coming up in the spring yeah that's that's interesting because w- when you think about you say Christmas presents and, and the VSO you think just for the Christmas shows, but right. in the, in the new year, I think that ABBA thing is going to be really popular. ABBA is so wonderful. The last time we performed ABBA, I, I don't think I've ever seen more sequins and boas in the audience <laughs> than that concert. <laughs> you don't get the boas and sequins with Mahler so much, I guess. No, not so much. <laughs> yeah. And and tell me about Meow Meow. What is that? Oh, this is amazing. Um, so Meow Meow um, is a show called... Meow Meow is a performer, and her show is called Pandemonium. And I have actually seen her several times in other cities. I think this is her first time here in Vancouver. She's a comedian, um, she sells out halls all over the world. She's a singer. You know, it, uh, it's an, Meow Meow is an experience. It's not a concert. <laughs> and I really encourage people to take the chance of coming to this show in March because um, it's, it changes you. <laughs> Talk about fun 
and edginess and the unexpected. It's really an experience. Um, she's quite she's quite fantastic. Yeah, and there's she's a comedian, so there's some laughs there. There's laughs. There's she's a comedian and a singer. She's an entertainer. Yeah, so that's she's meow meow. Edgy, edgy Carol Burnett. <laughs> edgy Carol Burnett and it's coming up in March and that's just a, another example of something uh, you can get tickets for or you could you know buy tickets for somebody as a gift for Christmas and it's great oh, um, what a great gift laughter yeah I love that uh, it's just go to vancouversymphony.ca and, and see what's coming up because that's in the in the new year in May or yeah that's coming up in March rather but in May you've got uh, a pretty good violinist coming to town? Yes, Vadim Glusman is coming to town on March, uh, May 31st. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's... So, you know, again, it's, it's an example of, of how the VSO is really uh, broadening our reach to bring audiences of all kinds of music lovers to the Orpheum and to the venues across the Lower Mainland. You know, the if you just look at what we've just talked about now, the contrast between Meow Meow and Vadim Glutzman, right? Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Well, that's sort of the power to me about the Vancouver Symphony Orchestra. Um, you know, like I, I was talking about, you started with Mahler and Yo-Yo Ma, and you go from that to, to uh, Louis Armstrong and then the Christmas programs. It's not all highfalutin stuff, and it's 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 a little bit of everything, and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't take itself too seriously, but at times you do uh, you do play the the great classical pieces, and it's a it's a really balanced program, and I think that's part of the part of the power of the VSO. It's it's our mission to bring music to everyone. That's what mm-hmm. we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in the minute or so that we have left, Angela, I want you to tell me um, what's your favorite Christmas. Uh, show, performance, what's your tradition at the VSO? What do you get most excited about? That's always so difficult because, you know, uh, obviously working in live performing arts, we work in our offices all day and then we at the VSO have 150 to 160 evening concerts throughout the year. So then you're in a concert in the evening. I, I sit in my seat and I think how fortunate I am to have this job with these wonderful musicians and and the school as well. So to, to pick a favorite is really difficult, but um, I would probably say for me of our holiday selections is traditional Christmas. It warms yeah. my heart and I have, I've never seen Elf. So I'm really looking forward to Elf on December 21st and 22nd. I think it's going to be great. Oh, you're going to love it. I've, I've, yeah, yeah. I, I've only seen it about 20 times myself oh. uh, with, my, with my children. So, well, Angela, always a pleasure to talk to you and uh, have a great holiday season. And uh, everybody can go to vancouversymphony.ca to find out exactly what's going on with the VSO. We'll talk to you soon, Angela. Thank you, Marty. Bye for now. We'll see you. And when we come back, it was a pretty interesting election to choose Vancouver's mayor that happened this week back in 2005. It was a very tight race between Sam Sullivan and Jim Green. 
But who was James Green? And why was he on the ballot? And why did so many people vote for him? Was it just a coincidence or was it a dirty trick? I've got that story when Vancouver Consumer continues right after this. This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome back. I'm Martin Strong. Time for some This Week in Vancouver History. It was November 19th, tomorrow, back in 2005. It was one of the strangest Vancouver elections. Sam Sullivan of the NPA won that race, you might remember, for mayor. He beat the very popular Jim Green of Vision Vancouver. It was a tight race. Sam Sullivan won by only 3,747 votes. It's a pretty slim margin. And it gets even stranger when it was discovered that over 4,000 votes in the election had gone to a brand new candidate that nobody had ever heard of before named James Green. That's James Green, not Jim Green, the guy who almost won. A little confusing for the voters and surprising because James Green was a complete unknown. So so for him to get more than 4,000 votes was a little suspicious. And that means if most of those votes were cast by accident by people who meant to vote for Jim Green for mayor, then Jim Green would have won. In the days following, the conspiracy theory started to fly, with uh, some saying it was Jim Green's opposition who orchestrated the whole thing. James Green denies he entered the race to be a spoiler. He told the Vancouver Sun a few days later, that he had no intention of spoiling the ballot for the other Green, saying he was not part of any conspiracy. As Sullivan was named mayor, Jim Green took the defeat with grace in his concession speech. He told the crowd with tears in his eyes that he, quote, wanted to be your mayor with all my heart and soul, unquote. Uh, Jim Green was actually an American who grew up in the southern states, moved to Canada to avoid the draft for the Vietnam War. And for decades after, he became a tireless advocate for the poor here in Vancouver, especially those on the downtown east side. Some of the achievements uh, that Green did include co-founding the Portland Hotel Society. That's the group that also operates the Insight safe injection sites. He also started Blade Runners, an organization that provides low-income kids and teenagers with training and job skills. This election in 2005 was Green's second attempt to become mayor. He lost to Gordon Campbell five years earlier in 1990. That would be the first election for his party, Vision Vancouver, which Green founded, along with Larry Campbell, Raymond Louie, and Tim Stevenson. And after that 2005 election, Jim Green would continue to work with the people of the downtown east side. He got both cheers and jeers for his work supporting the redevelopment of the Woodward site. Jim Green was really good at ruffling feathers. He could be a a little brusque, let's say. But nobody would deny Jim Green's dedication to those people of Vancouver who didn't always have a voice. In 2012, he was given the Freedom of the City Award, all the more sweet for Green because it was presented to him by Mayor Gregor Robertson, who at the time was the first mayor elected representing his Vision Vancouver party. Sadly, 36 hours after he received that award, Jim Green would pass away from lung cancer. And it was this week, tomorrow, actually, November 19th in 2005, Jim Green lost his bid to be mayor to Sam Sullivan, perhaps 
with a little help from another candidate named James Green. This is Vancouver Consumer. We're here every Saturday afternoon, 2 o'clock. I want to thank our producer, Leo Coelho, Jeff Aldis, as well this week, and we'll see you next week. I'm Martin Strong. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.